Hello, welcome to Marathon Swim Stories. I'm Shannon Keegan. Today's episode is brought to you by Intrepid Water. Are you ready to swim smarter, not harder? Check out my virtual, self-paced, efficient swimming basics course at intrepidwater.com. My guest today started her competitive swimming career in 1967, and it continues to this day. In 2016, on the 41st anniversary of her first English Channel crossing, she completed an English Channel two-way. That's England to France and back to England. Sally Minty-Gravette's swimming CV is five pages long. We barely scratched the surface today, but be sure to stick around to the end for the eventful bits of a few of her swims. I hope you enjoy this episode. Tell us, tell us your story, Sal. (laughs) Well, when I was a little girl in Jersey growing up, we didn't have any indoor swimming pools. So um, we learnt to swim in the sea. We have an outdoor seawater Lido pool here that's filled up every day, twice a day with the high tides that we have. And um, so when I was three and I arrived in Jersey because I was born in Africa, my dad had already taught me to swim. My swimming lessons were done in the summer only in the sea and so the love of the sea was there very early on and um i didn't we didn't have an indoor pool until i was nine um in which case i'd already become a champion swimmer in the sea so it was my natural habitat Mm. so staying in the sea was just lovely for me and then swimming changed as soon as an indoor pool started because then we started to swim in the winter and do training in the winter and swimming got stronger. And then another swimming pool started when I was 14. So that, in, you know, in, it, it, incre- it, it increased the swimming numbers mm-hmm. and technical swimming changed because indoor swimming was all year round then. Right. And then people started getting soft because they started learning to swim in the pool and not the sea. So the old school people like myself that were born in the 50s and 60s are the tough breed, as you will all understand and and know. Sorry about my dog. No worries. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The postman's just come. Um, So, you know, we are still swimming in the sea on a regular basis. And the youngsters of today that swim in the pool still swim in the pool and don't like swimming in the sea very much. we could come back to that later but when did you start really pushing distance well the the first jersey channel swimmer she was 16 and became the youngest britain swam in 1966 and she swam a breaststroke english channel swim and she did it in the september of 1966 without a hat without goggles she was a breaststroke swimmer And for many, many years, until 2009, she had the most westerly landing. She landed at Dimchurch. Oh, wow. Um, Until Lisa Cummins from Ireland did a two-way and finished at Dungeness. Until then, uh, Denise DePenick is her name. She was our founder, if you like, in Jersey that started off big swims. And um, she's uh, nine years older than me. 
and I was in awe of what she'd done. But it never really crossed my mind to do channel swimming. My dad had always said to me, you know, it will ruin your stroke. You know, mm, there's no point in doing it. But her coach, Morris, um, who is no longer with us, sadly, he um, started coaching us in the school sports teams um, when we were like 13. Mm-hmm. And he, I think he saw the ability of us to swim in the sea. And I was a, a top, one of Jersey's top competitive swimmers at the age of 14. And I still swam in the sea. And what we used to do with the Jersey Swimming Club at the time is we would have a swimming gala in a pool on a Saturday night with visiting swim, swimmers and visiting teams. And on the Sunday, we would have a reverse gala, uh, like a return gala in the sea on the Sunday morning. And it was during those galas that they could see that I was uh, much faster in the sea almost than I was in a pool because it was natural to me. Mm -hmm. And I never got cold. Still don't get cold. (laughs) Um, So, um, hi, Cliff. (laughs) And... um, so um, Morris took me to one side and said, how about you come and try some sea swims? So I swam uh, along a coast, did a six miles from along the coast as a trial. And I absolutely loved it. And um, I did it very sociably. I did it breaststroke. I did it just looking around because it was a real novelty to me. Mm-hmm. And then I did another one and then Morris said to me, we need to develop this a little bit more. And I got the taste of doing a distance swim. Mm-hmm. And then in 1974, mm-hmm. I decided to swim Lake Windermere in England. So I became the first Jersey girl to do that. And I came second lady in that race. And when I was there, the guy that ran the swim, swim uh, John O'Hara from the British Long Distance Swimming Association, said to me, you know, lass, if you can do that, you can do channel, you know that, in his northern accent. So I came home and I spoke to my mum and dad and I spoke to Morris and his wife and I said, do you think I can swim the channel? And in 1974-75, you could phone up and book a channel swim very, very easily. Mm. Um, So we did. Um, But it, it also transpired that in 1975 was the centenary year of English channel swimming. Right. because Captain Matthew Webb had done it in 1875. So the Channel Swimming Association, which, which was the only organisation at that time, mm-hmm. um, was organising a relay race to commemorate 100 years of channel swimming. So Morris got six of us together that we were swimming regularly with, and we got a relay team together, and we had the youngest team on the day, average age of 14 and a half. Wow. And we went and did the Channel Relay, and then at the same time during the training... One of the girls, Linda, and I trained to swim the channel. She was 14. I was 18. She was uh, 14 and a half. And we did it two days apart, two weeks after the channel relay. So that kind of uh, set the seed, really. So that's how I got into swimming. (laughs) Why do you do, why do you continue to, there's so many continue things that you've continued to do. Yeah, but why do you keep swimming the, the distances? Okay, so... Uh, it kind of happened by default, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother, who was a very good swimmer and still is, uh, decided he wanted to become the youngest channel swimmer at the age of 13 in 1976. Oh, okay. He followed in my footsteps, started mm-hmm. training, training with me. My dad used to take us all to training at the same time. Uh, but then he got an appendicitis and didn't get around to doing it that year. 
uh, in the meantime, other people went and did that and became the youngest swimmer. But he still had this hankering to swim the channel. So in 1977, he swam the channel at the age of 14 and a half. So then we were at that time the only brother and sister in the world to have swum the English Channel from England to France. Um, and then um, I started work, life changed a little bit, you know, social life started. I then represented Britain in Spain and in Holland in a couple of races, uh, which I thoroughly enjoyed. And the social side of things became very important as well. Mm. Um, and then in 1979, the BLDSA or the Channel Swimming Association asked me to represent Britain in a uh, a race across the channel with the Egyptians. Um, but I was working as a nanny and I couldn't get away to do it. So my brother said, oh, he would do it. And he was 16 at the time. So then he went and did another channel swim in 1979. Um, and then I thought, well, he's done it twice. So I, I should really try and do it a second time. But <laughs> I... Life didn't uh, allow me to do it then. And I then became a nanny and I traveled a bit and I traveled across the world. And, and then I came back to England after my mum had passed away and I decided to swim the channel for her in her honor mm. in 1985. I was living in England. I got back into the uh, British Long Distance Swimming Club circuit. So I was doing regular swims uh, around Britain. And that's when I re-bumped into my husband, my late husband who passed away this year but we'd met in 75 at the original channel relay um and then we bumped into each other again when i was living in england in 85 and i swam the channel that year so then we were the only brother and sister in the world to have swum the channel twice each from england to france it was supposed to be france to england but the winds oh. weren't in the right direction and it was it was right back then that I wanted. To, I said that I wanted to swim the channel both ways. So uh. that started in 85. Um, so I did another England, France. And then I came back to Jersey, settled, and then I got married. We started a business and then life just took over. And then in 1992, I think I decided I wanted to swim. I, I'd actually... Um, swam the channel uh i then did a few other things in in the 80s and then in i started the business so I, my time wasn't my own and then in 1992 i decided to swim the, the channel again and this time aimed to get it from france to england which i was very fortunate and i did the weather wasn't very good that's when i met cliff we <laughs> in 1992 we were in dover the weather was dreadful um i went on holiday and came back and the pilot said to me there's a, uh, a weather window this weekend in september why don't you come down to dover and see if we can get your swim done so i did managed to get a lovely textbook in france england swim so i then became the only person then to have swum the channel three times in three different decades and mm. i had this hankering to still to you know to, to even things up i wanted to get I had two England Frances, so I thought, well, I'm, I should do another France England. <laughs> of course. Um, <laughs> but then in 1993, the French authorities stopped France England swims. So I'd been given a gift, uh, um, a silver salver, to commemorate uh, three decades of channel swimming. And I thought it was quite a nice 
cool little ring to it. <laughs> so I then went on and I did some other swims. I did, you know, um, a few other things. And then, so that was 1992. And then in 2005, I stopped my business and started working for a new company. And at the opening ceremony of this pool, the managers said to me, well, if you're going to do another channel swim, and I said, well, if I'm going to do another channel swim and I want to do a France England, but you can only do a France England if you do a two way. Mm. <laughs> so the, the seed was sown then um, and the company that I was working for said that they would pay for it. Oh, wow. So that was 2003 when that opened. And then in 2005, I decided to, to, to give it a go. And that was Cliff's first time on my boat. So in 2005, along with six other Jersey Channel swimmers, we all swam the channel in that year. And um, I wasn't very well uh, on that day. So but I still completed a, a good channel swim. And my pilot said to me, we're in a good place. You can turn around if you want to do a two-way. And I went, no, I'm not, I'm not well enough to do that. And I oh, regret no. now not doing that then. But actually, the way it's all worked out has been fine so did my third my fourth channel swim in 2005 and then became the only person to do it in four different decades so you can see what's yes, happening yes <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it kind of carried on and then I did Catalina I did Manhattan in 99 um and I've met so many fantastic people on the way you know the swimming family we all talk about is so important um you learn so much from others you gain valuable valuable family friends through swimming yeah most yeah. of my friends are swimming friends around the world which is fabulous uh so that was 2005 and then um a local swimmer uh had swum the channel once and then swum the channel again she got cancer she decided to do a two-way channel and said why don't we train together and that was 2013 i was actually planning to do it 10 years after my previous one which would have been 2015 which would have been nice because then I could have finished in 2015 on a on a high with a two-way but she wanted to do it in 2013 so we both booked we both trained uh again I went in the water first and I was very poorly and was sick a lot and um managed to complete a one-way but didn't get the two-way done so that was five decades wow um so then wendy went on and did her two-way a month later which was fantastic and um so the the cogs were still turning about the two-way the dreaded two-way so i immediately i did that swim i booked my two-way for 2014 mm -hmm. got a tide never even got to dover because the weather was so bad oh, goodness. 2015 was uh, again, I went to Dover and never got in the water because the weather was so bad. So I then relinquished my managerial <gasps> position at work to try and concentrate on myself, cut down my workload. Uh, my husband wasn't 100%, so I had a combination of a lot of things going on. So 2016 was the year that I devoted to myself and to my husband and to my two-way and managed to get that completed in 2016, which made it all the all the more sweeter because it was, um, I became the oldest person to do a two-way English channel in wow. August uh, 2016 and Cliff was 
on the boat, thankfully. And uh, I finished it on my 41st anniversary of my first Chan Swim. So that was even cooler, really, <laughs> awesome. um, to do that. So, yeah, so that's where we are, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. Succinctly. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, Sally sent me her CV and I was like, um, <laughs> I, I only have 250 words. <laughs> so we're working on a little summary for that. But um, can you tell me what it feels like for you when you finish a marathon swim? How does that feel to you? For me, it's it's a difficult thing to explain because I know people don't feel like this, but I love, I always visualize the finish before I start. So I always visualize myself finishing. Yep. I never have never, ever gone in the water thinking I'm not going to do this or I'm not going to complete it. Mm-hmm. That's just not in my nature. I'm very fortunate that way. Um, swimming has always been very natural to me. I've never had a problem with the training. I've never had a problem with um, uh, kind of a, applying myself to, to swimming a distance. When I did the two-way, everybody said to me, how can you swim for 36 and a half hours? And I go, I don't train myself to swim for 36 and a half hours. Right. I trained myself to swim to France and come back to England. Mm-hmm. And that was that was in my mindset. There was never a moment on that 36 and a half hours that I ever thought or considered getting out. There's a lot of people go in with doubts. And I've always said to people, if you have a doubt, don't even start because that's not, it's, it's about a positive mental attitude. You don't train yourself to swim for 12 hours. You train yourself to swim, to finish and you train yourself to swim until you run out of water, basically. And I, and I, and I, I pride myself that that's never been a problem for me. I'm, I'm very lucky. And there's a lot of people that aren't that lucky. Yeah. Yep. Can you tell us about this one you're most proud of? My two way. Your two way. Yeah. My two way is definitely my pièce de résistance. My, I, I did Lake Tahoe last year as well. Um, that was uh, a different swim altogether because it was a lake swim. I'd done right. a couple of lake swims before, but when I got to Lake Tahoe last year and I, stood at the end of the lake and you can't see the end of it (laughs) I was a bit overwhelmed as how big it was I know it was 21 miles which is the same distance as the English Channel but you stand in Dover on a clear day you can see France Mm. stand at the end of Lake Tahoe you can't see the start of the swim because it's around a corner Mm -hmm. and um, unfortunately I got uh, altitude sickness during the swim so for the last eight hours I was being very very ill uh, sick to my stomach and um, that was really uncomfortable but there was no way I was going to get out you know <laughs> I was going to finish by hook or by crook so both those swims I, I, I there's not very many swims I haven't enjoyed um, I can't I can't really say I've, there's swims that have been tough I mean Lake Tahoe was very very tough how Sarah Thomas did a two-way <laughs> I have no idea, but then she went and did a four-way channel. So right, right. You can see, you can see the, you know, the different mindset, and she lives, she lives at altitude as well, so that really helps as well for her. Yeah. But um, I'm in awe of her, really. Yeah, I think most all of us are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the altitude is an interesting one because I think it it definitely affects people differently. It, you yeah, know. I mean, I was fine for the first eight hours, and I thought I would be fine, and I didn't go in straight away. I was there for five or six days before. Mm. Um, but it was obviously just, that was going to be my problem. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, nothing great is easy. Right. Right. Exactly. How do you get through some of those tough parts when you're sick and you're swimming and you're not yeah. getting out no matter what? How do you talk yourself to keep going? You just, you just have to, you just have to get on with it. You know, you can't, you can't make a big song and dance about it <laughs> when you're, when you're throwing up and people on the boat are going, come on, come on, come on. You go get in here and try it yourself. <laughs> you, do, you do feel like saying that sometimes, but um, you know, you just have to get on with it really. Yeah. Is that what you coach people? <laughs> what do you tell them? Yeah. When you're, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's interesting because uh, when my husband passed away, one of his REF mates set up a, a fun swim challenge for people to do around the world. And it was called shut up and swim. Just a, it was just a 15, it was just a mile, but everybody around the world was going, that's exactly what Charlie would have said. And that's kind of my attitude is just get on with it. You know, you can't say that to people anymore, but um you know, I am, I'm a tough cookie. And I think that, you know, again, if, if people have doubts, I, I recommend that they don't even start. My coach Morris said to me once when I was in Dover and the weather was bad and I'd actually phoned him up and said, this is awful. The weather's dreadful. I don't know if I can do it. And he said, if you don't think you can do it, don't get in the water. <laughs> when I came back from holiday, the weather was lovely. It changed my mindset completely. There was no question, you know, mm-hmm. And it is all about up here. Yeah, yeah, it is. What's the estimation you give to your uh, your coaching prospects about about the mental versus physical? <laughs> I've heard varying uh, numbers. Well, it's eighty percent. I would say eighty percent medical, if, uh, mental, if not more. Really, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's all about the mindset. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Is there anything else you do to um, like support that mindset? You mentioned that you're just kind of a positive person, and so you um, got, that you have. I, I try and help as many people as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, an annual swing camp every year and we have a lot of fun with it. And I believe that if you have fun with it, then, you know, uh, it, you will keep doing it. Um, mm-hmm. And in fact, uh, I believe that the more fun you have, the more enjoyable it is, the more you'll do it. And I think that if people... And lots of people have come to me and said, I'd like to swim the channel. And I'd go, and I always ask what sort of swimming experience they've had before. And if they haven't had any, I ask them to give them, give a five-year window from saying you want to swim the channel to when you book your channel swim. And I've done that for them, book their channel swim for five years in advance. And then in that five years, we'll get in the first year, maybe a three-hour three and a six-hour swim done so they can practice feeding, practice swimming, and just see if they like being in the water for that length of time because mm-hmm. that's really, really important that you can be comfortable in the water and get used to waves. And we're fortunate that we don't have lakes here, so it's an ideal, perfect training ground. It's like California. You know, you've got lots of sea everywhere that's at a good temperature to train and so then I then book backwards. So I book um, around Jersey Swim, which is 40 miles. I, I will book, uh, you know, um, a Jersey to France swim before they go to the channel. So they know what it's like to leave a beach and finish on a beach. Mm-hmm. So they've got it in their head, what it feels like. Yeah. And they can picture it. Um, and that seems to have worked for many, many people on the island. Um, yeah. And for people I know. And it's it seems to be, a, a, you know, a nice 
plan. <laughs> and if they've got swimming experience, I have seen people do it in a year. Right. And then they'll come back to me and they go, I wish I'd waited three years and done it slowly over three years because it became really hard. And those people who did it in a year have never swum again because it wasn't much fun. Interesting. So, and I believe that, you know, the reason I'm still swimming is because I just love being in the sea mm-hmm. and I love swimming with friends. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. 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 That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I love that recommendation over the, the five-year window. It's interesting though, like just where you are compared to where, you know, we are in America, like just the, like it, that the channel is so accessible <laughs> that you yeah. can, that, that you have people coming and approaching you about swimming the channel when they've, you know, maybe done not, not haven't done anything else. But. Well, you'd be amazed how many people think they can just swim the channel because they think it's just, just another swim. <laughs> and it's not about the swim. It's right. about everything that goes with it. It's about the feeding. It's about the, currents it's about the the way that the actual channel swim doesn't start until you are within that three mile radius of the french coast because that's when the you know the the going gets really tough and anybody Mm -hmm. who swam the channel that's not a fast swimmer and there aren't that many fast 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 swimmers that can just say we sprinted across or record breakers can but you know, the general public will struggle when they get to that three mile marker. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's when that's when you need the older uh, grey matter to kick in. Right, right. <laughs> uh, someone had asked why um, France stopped allowing swims from their side. Do you know? I'm that? not quite sure. It's a political thing. I don't know if Cliff knows the reason. I don't know. Um, I think it's a it's a, a French Coast Guard thing. Mm. And I and I I always joked and I said, you know, when people swim from England to France and the people who have sadly passed away have passed away within that three mile radius of the French coast oh, in general. So the French have to go and sort them out. Mm. So logically, if the French let people swim from France right. and they had the same problem in England, they would die in the English waters and they wouldn't have to worry about it. But you know, I was trying to turn it around into a positive thing, but um, that's you know, a good quality. Yeah, I did want to say I'm really sorry for your loss with your with your husband this year. That's... Thank you, thank you. He's still he, he's still with me all the time. Yeah, he's a, he was a very big influence on my life and uh, my greatest supporter. So he's still with me and my channel swim next year, which is going to be my sixth decade channel swim which had to be postponed from this year mm-hmm. will be in his memory for him that's, so that's wonderful good yeah yeah looking forward to it <laughs> um how's the pandemic been for you um it's been an interesting one the first lockdown we had from march until june end of may june was very stringent people were you know we're not in a lockdown right now we're mm. just um People are being very careful and, you know, wearing masks in public places. The, the restaurants and cafes are still open and uh, people are wearing masks in shops. Um, we don't have a huge amount of cases. I think we've got 162 cases. They're all isolated. The track and trace system here is very good. You get tested on arrival at Jersey Airport or Jersey Harbours. There's very few flights coming in at the moment because of the UK lockdown. So that stopped a lot of the cases coming in, but it's got into the community. So a lot of the students are now um, spreading it a little bit. Um, But 
nobody nobody has died of covid since march so i think that the jersey government are dealing with it and looking after it is very well you you go into a cafe or a restaurant there's a code on the on the walls you track and trace so people know where you are if there's a problem you get communicated with straight away mm-hmm. so um jersey's i think of doing it very well there are more stringent uh restrictions coming in this week i think so that we can be ready for christmas right um but you know i spend my life on my own with my dog walking outside <laughs> or swimming in the sea with a little bubble of five or six people so you know as long as you live sensibly and be careful i think we're okay yeah yeah have you had any um I guess some of like the mental positive attitude is any of that kind of from, from swimming, is it carried over to your life or do you feel like it like, yeah, I, I think it's with me all the time. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think I suffer fools gladly. I say things as they are because that's the way I am. And if there's a lot of people that don't, can't cope with that, but um, I think I've mellowed since I turned 60 a little bit uh, since I got my dog, I think I've become a, um, a bit, bit more gentle, a bit more, you know. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think life is what you make it, very much so. Um, and if you want to go and get it, go and get it. Just do whatever you want to do, really. That's good That's advice. Yes, yes, for sure. That's good advice. Um, how about, uh, let's come back to that, the pool versus sea swimmers, like that you've kind of seen those become parallel tracks. How yeah. as a coach, how do you try to, do you try to kind of recruit people from the pool? Or you just let them be or. So um, I was president of the Jersey long distance swimming club for 27 years. And during that time, I, I've been a swimming teacher all my life and a swimming coach all my life. And I had my own business for 10 years. I then worked in a public swimming pool for 15 years. And during that time, when children got to a certain point, I would pinpoint the fact that they were probably going to be a sprinter or uh, a distance swimmer. (laughs) So I would encourage them to come and try sea swimming. And I have a lovely PowerPoint presentation that I I presented in um, Cork in 2013 at the Wowser induction ceremony about how to build an open water swimming club with children. And everybody was like in awe that, we could do that here and we still can. The long distance swimming club, um, I stopped being president in 2015 and the club still promotes children, safe sea swimming for children. And we're very fortunate that the parents come along so they're always present. So it's a very safe environment. The children go off with um, uh, you know, an experienced swimmer and they're looked after and guided mm-hmm. around the boys, the buoys or the boats or whatever, and build up their sort of experience and their time in the sea mm-hmm. slowly and carefully. You know, we teach them about how to um, prepare for swimming, how to look after yourself when you come out of the water so you don't get cold. And we're always there for them. You know, they've always got cake. They've always got a hot drink um, <laughs> and little things. And we have a lot of fun with the kids. And if the kids want to go and jump off the slipway on the high tides, we encourage that as well. So they're having fun. So the, the fun aspect of sea swimming is brought in very young. You know, we have them as young as six and seven swimming in the sea because they love the sea. Mm-hmm. And then from there... They're all surrounded. We have many, many channel swimmers on the committee and around the kids. The kids are surrounded. We've got 32 channel swimmers in Jersey. 
So, um, and a lot of us have done a few, <laughs> a few channel swims on the way. And um, I think that they're surrounded by these people and we don't want to frighten them with that. Right, but there's right. a lot of kids that grow up thinking, okay, I think I'd like to swim around Jersey. I'd like to, because they watch it all the time, mm -hmm. you know, on the club website, the club page, Facebook page, they, they're encouraged to track swimmers around the island, track swimmers, Jersey to France, track swimmers on channel swims. Um, you know, we, we keep everybody up to date with what's going on. And um, they grow up with it and it's normal for them. Right. It's That's a normal amazing. environment. It's not something abnormal that maybe somebody in an inner city would find difficult to understand. Right. So, um, and then you'll find that by the time they're 12, they can do a round island relay. So we very often get them into do a round island relay and they have such a good time train them up for a channel relay. And then out of that, you'll get probably two or three that will end up going around the island. You know, a lot of the kids I taught to swim have become lifeguards and swimming teachers in their own right. They've swum around Jersey. They've swum Jersey, France. They've now swum the channel. They are now committee members and they are then passing on that legacy that I hope my parents, my father sent, left with me that I've helped to pass on to them. Mm -hmm. And they themselves are passing on to the kids of today. So it's an ongoing legacy oh, that um, hopefully will continue forever. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. I just Get love it. that, like that it's we're, part we're of very it. Lucky. And, but if you look at Jersey, you know, we have days like this mm -hmm. and swimming in the sea is a delight to go in on a day like today, even though it's cold outside. Mm -hmm. And there's there's a lot of new ladies and gentlemen out there at the moment because when lockdown started in March, the pools weren't open, so mm -hmm. everybody took to the sea. And now at the weekends, the bays are just rammed with all these people swimming in the sea <laughs> yeah so it's um it's it's wonderful but it and it's and it's great to see yeah yeah that's that's fantastic i might want to i might tap you for that powerpoint presentation if you don't mind sharing it <laughs> trying to get more open water swimmers where we're at um what advice would you give to an aspiring marathon swimmer i think you've given us kind of a little trail of how you would do it with what you with what you um were recommending that kind of a five-year window if you want to just give us a synopsis of that again well it depends where you are um people have spoken to me in australia about a channel swim and i'd say well find local you need to find local people to swim with you know people who know what they're talking about and what they're doing and um be realistic so that by the time you actually get to a channel swim, it's not the ped, you know, it's not the Everest that everybody talks about. Mm -hmm. it, it becomes just another swim. For me, it was a natural progression to do a channel swim. It wasn't anything. I, if I'm really honest, I didn't find it hard because I just enjoyed swimming. Um, and that sounds really big headed, but it, it doesn't, it's not meant to be like that. It's right. because I've done, 800 miles of training that year it was right. just normal to swim for just under 12 hours it wasn't uh, a chore mm -hmm. um but for somebody who's coming into it from nothing then they need to build up to get to the point that swimming the channel or whatever their goal is 
is just another swimmer. And their goal might be, if they're a non-swimmer, their goal might be Alcatraz or it might be, um, you know, a two-mile swim along the coast somewhere, wherever you live. So you have to find the right goals and the right build-up appropriate to that swim or that goal. And I'd be happy to help anyone. I, you know, I've got the time now. I'm retired, so, and I love helping people achieve their dreams. And it's, it's nice to be able to do that. Yeah, it's a remarkable feeling. I feel like just coaching, being coached myself, like being able to help people, just empowering yeah. them. You know, like Absolutely. you can do this. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, what marathon swimmers inspired you? Uh, Alison Streeter. Um, she was kind of my got my my queen for ages Lynn Cox she went with my pilot before I went with him in 1975 um gosh there's so many I mean there's so many male and female swimmers out there now Sarah Sarah Thomas is in I'm in awe of Sarah and what she can do and she she makes it look very easy (laughs) but she's young she is young young. (laughs) that helps um Cliff Golding inspires me all the time. Every time I see him, <laughs> he's a treat. He's a he treat is. for sure. Yeah. Does anybody else have other questions for Sal today? Anybody? Happy to answer any questions. <laughs> wow, we've got her here. <laughs> anybody? Tell us about your camp and how it works. Oh, and- yeah. Okay, Um, so basically I've been doing it for 10 years and um, people come from all over the world and it's a six day camp. You arrive on a weekend and we start on a Sunday with um, a climatization swim, getting to know each other. We talk about what the goals are for your goals for that year or or moving on. And during the week, we swim in a different bay every morning and every afternoon we start building up the time in the sea so every morning you get a different bay so it because we have beautiful bays in jersey um and by all means share that visit jersey link um shannon oh yeah absolutely by all means um because it is it does showcase jersey at its very best um and then people will tell me that they want to do their two-hour qualifier or their four hour qualifier or their six hours or whatever they want to do at the end of the week and weather dependent, we will try and get that done on the Friday, which is the last day. There's a lot of eating involved. There's a lot of social, we do lots of walks. We talk about, um, you know, core strength. I try and get somebody in to do some exercise with people to show them what they need to do for their shoulders to prevent injury. This year, I'm quite excited. There's a guy over here now who does the Wim Hof uh, Fundamentals Workshop. And I've just done it myself, which was a lot of fun. And I'm going to build that into the camp next year for people. So that will be really fun and a nice different aspect for them. Yeah. And it's just a fun thing. And if I I can do one-to-ones as well, so people can come over. They don't have to. It's always the last week of May. Next year, it's the 30th of May to the 4th of June. Um, it's usually the half-term school week here so that people can have the time off. Um, but I, I, I can offer a one-to-one as well for three days, bed and breakfast with me. And we'll just do it on a one-to-one basis. So cram it into three days. Wow, so, that's fantastic. Fun. <laughs> mm, good fun. 
Very cool. Good question, Lynn. Anybody else have questions for Sal? <laughs> nope. No. <laughs> I love oh, your swim. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Uh, so I was curious, what what is the the piloting landscape for Jersey for like Jersey swims? Um, right. Everyone, okay. everywhere, there's like a different set of politics, and you don't know what you're stepping into. <laughs> okay. So the Jersey Long Distance Swimming Club that pioneered the swims, they offer round Jersey swims and Jersey to France swims for eight hundred pounds at the moment. Um, that I think they're fully booked because they've all they had all their swims put off a lot of their swims put off this year to next year there's a commercial pilot called uh lionheart who i also think is fully booked next year who does the same and there are a couple of guys that do it privately with their own boats and it's um you do it with a private arrangement with them so um you know it, it, it's it depends on how you want to do it and how you want it to be ratified whether you want it to be official or you don't um but Caroline, if you need to find anything out, just contact me and I will explain. Thank you. Okay. You're going to go four times round. <laughs> That's what I was wondering. <laughs> um, actually, I, I, I've only done one circumnavigation. And I really didn't enjoy it. I, oh, really? I did more Jersey, France. Oh, Jersey, France is nice. It's a lovely swim. It was one of my, it was one of my toughest swims in 1978. We, my brother and I did it on the same day. Um, I hadn't done a lot of trading and I found it very hard and we got arrested on the French side because we had <laughs> kayaks in the water and uh, it was very funny. It took three hours to convince the French authorities that we weren't breaking the law. <laughs> I've got very funny pictures of my brother trying to explain to the French police, but that's another story. That was a long time ago. <laughs> wow, so wow, wow. Yeah. That's a good story you uncovered there, Caroline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, doesn't it doesn't happen like that anymore it's quite you know it's quite easy to swim just france now with logistically i mean you know with the french people so it's fine how far is that it's about 16 miles yeah cool yeah now i need to hear another another exciting swim memory that includes the authorities do you have any other good <laughs> Uh, well, my, my English Channel Swim in 1985, we were stopped by the French as well, because two days before that, they'd had the first London to Paris triathlon. And Charlie, my husband, was on the boat with the triathlon, the British triathlon team. And they had actually swum into the shipping lane and got out of the shipping lane and been taken across into the past the French shipping lane and put back in the water and then swum to France. So two days later there was nine of us in the water two people were going for records and um halfway through our swim we were asked to leave the water and all nine swimmers had to wait till we kind of caught up with each other in line to go through the shipping lane together which took added another three or four hours onto our swims which is not much fun but that's another story <laughs> really <laughs> Uh, yes I'm certain you're full of full full of stories yeah. and, it, and it will be in the book I am writing a book so. yay yay that's awesome yeah. I can't wait for that yeah. and I certainly want to come yet. to Jersey <laughs> it'll be a while yeah. yet you're very, welcome. you're very welcome to come where are you based Shannon 
I'm in Southern Oregon, um, oh, close, nice. closer to California. I'm about eight oh, hours okay. from Tahoe. And I have yeah, two little cool. two little guys that are foreign. Uh, well, f- yeah, foreign, almost six. And I think that they that you should come and orient. The- I should bring them with me and you should show them how to swim in the sea. Oh, love- <laughs> I would love to do that. I would love to do that. Yeah. As soon as we can travel, all kinds yeah. of fun things will come yeah. together. Life, life resumes. That would be nice. Mm. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Sal. It's been wonderful it's hearing your story. My pleasure. Anytime. All right, you guys have a great day. Thank we'll you. see you again. Thank next you for week. listening. Thank you. Thanks for being there. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Bye. Are you ready to swim smarter? Check out my virtual efficient swimming basics program at intrepidwater.com. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. If you'd like to be a guest on Marathon Swim Stories, just email me, Shannon at intrepidwater.com. Please stay in touch by joining our email list at intrepidwater.com. Thanks for listening.